You who? You me. You me? <laughs> me, me you? you? Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 61. Oof. Oof, not bad, huh? I'm Dave Z. These guys over here, Christian, Brandon, say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Hey, everybody. Christian here. <laughs> Christian. You know what that sounds like? It, it, like uh, Derek here. It should be like... Yeah, uh, Derek here. That's what I thought there's a know. reason for it. Because tonight's show is because of Derek. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Perfect. It is because of Derek. Segway. Beautiful. One missed call trilogy, one, two, and three, and the remake for good measure. Franchise. Because franchise. Yeah, we can call this officially a franchise. Yeah. We can call everything a franchise. I agree. So yeah, back back to Derek B. Derek B is the sure. reason we're doing this show, right? It is. Uh, Patreon. Thank you again. Good stuff. And speaking of Patreon, we have a a new patron, Keith Christen is our new patron. He's on there. What's up, homie? Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Keith. He chimes in a lot on the page. He has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Page is hopping. Lots lots of cool people there, and things are good. And if you wanted to tell us what to watch, get in on the Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash exploding heads. Boom. That's it. That's that. That's all the promotion for tonight. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to thank everybody for the, the mentions because they mentioned us on Instagram. Somebody had a question about podcast recommendations, and we came up three or four times. And then, again, it happened on Twitter. Someone said mention some horror podcast, and we came up again. So anyone that mentions us, thank you. They retweet our shows. Thank you. They share us on Facebook and anywhere because word of mouth is very hard to do. So anyone that does that, thank you. And anyone that's not doing it, maybe maybe please do. So, But whatever. We're happy. Hey, uh, how do you pronounce films without an I? F-L-M-S. That's how you spell it. How do you pronounce Flims. it? <laughs> Well, I had to spell it before I said it. I feel like an absolute asshole because JP showed us the clip art for the episode that we were guesting on for the uh, the best of uh, the top 10 of, of 1976. But if you look at wrong. it, top 10 horror film of 1976, films are spelt incorrectly. I know. Actually, Zach pointed, spell. Zach pointed that out to me. I didn't notice it either <laughs> until Zach pointed out to me. I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I think it's their gimmick. You know, that a whole thing even came from that, that whole calorie thing. And that's the crazy thing. They make fun of Carly for it. They should be making fun of JP for it. He's the one that, that, that wrote down calorie. This fucking guy. <laughs> Speak not... and spell. Him and J- I love them all. I, I love those guys. I, I fucking, I do love JP. I'm not afraid to say that on the air. I really do. He, he's my homie and uh, he's a great guy. But I'm going to bust his balls if he, if he misspells shit and says shit wrong. Carly will never be made fun of again after... JP announced that Cat Williams was in Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
that was great. And I heard it right away. And I was like, somebody say something. And then someone did. I was like, okay. Oh, our juices were percolating when, the, when he said that. I was like, oh, my God, where do we want to go from here? <sighs> a good show, man. You missed a good show. But I am looking forward to 1982. Absolutely. I can't wait. Yeah. Hopefully I it's not a year from now. <laughs> yeah. No. no they, they said they want to do it this year. Perfecto. We'll do it. Uh, Christian, do you want to talk about your homie, Bruce Campbell? <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess we haven't mentioned it on this show yet. Yeah. We so yeah. we, I reached out. I wanted to reach out to someone connected. And Sam Raimi doesn't have Twitter. And Bruce Campbell does. And I was already linked up with him and following him, of course. Uh, and I figured, hey, why not ask? Straight out ask him what the intent was for Evil Dead. And he responded to me. And quickly, too. And I, I don't know why I'm so surprised by that, because I'm sure he has better things to do, but I thought it was super, super cool of him to respond. Very. And we're not the Very. first to bring this up. I've read articles about it, but it seemed to uh, trend again. Because I think every now and then, things you know are circular. They come, they go, people forget about them, we're discussing it, and... It's funny because, like I said, I never thought of the first Evil Dead. To put this into some sort of context here, we were talking about how Evil Dead plays out as straight horror. But on rewatch for our Evil Dead retrospective, episode uh, 59, correct? (laughs) (laughs) Brandon and I said that we saw comedy when revisiting the initial uh, or the first film. And you and and and, uh, Dustin... Dr. Watson, Mr. Watson, doctor, promotion. (laughs) Dr. Dustin Watson. (laughs) Call him everything but his name. I know, right? Everything but Watson. Well, but his stage name. But anyway, you guys said it was straight horror. And looks like, yeah, we talked about the poll. You fucking son of a bitch. We talked about the poll and how it edged ever so slightly to straight horror. Uh, This is very upsetting. This is very upsetting to me. I feel good because Bruce, is, I feel vindicated me. No, see, this this upsets me that Ash versus Evil Dead has been off the air for two weeks, and this is what Bruce Campbell's existence has come to talking to Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Even my wife doesn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> How about the article circulated and we're mentioned in an article and it got a bunch of shares? <laughs> and the only. Now, I'm not complaining. Because I'm happy that it, I think we picked up some steam. I think people that never heard of us saw that, and we have gotten more listeners as a result, more people in the group page. So I, I, that's awesome. But how typical is it that we finally get something written about us, and it's by the only horror journalist I know that's in more hot water than anybody? This year. Yeah. <laughs> people don't even want to read it anymore. I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to use TGIF 13. Luciani vision. So, yeah. but it's all linked. It's all linked in there. So you got that's great though, because then both of your podcasts got notoriety from it. Yeah, and I heard uh, TGIF thirteen got an additional listener from it. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm matching Watson numbers now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not too far off, honestly. You usually you guys are in the top ten, so that's hey. <laughs> There's only nine shows on the network. It's been a while. It's been a while, but I hate you. <laughs> It really hasn't been that long. We just recorded it like a week ago. Yeah. I liked you on that show. Uh, I got to give you props. I got to give you propsy because I, I have to take back what I said. TGIF 13 only does horror. So it, it's, it isn't just us. It's you guys too. You guys only do horror. Am, am I mistaken? No, we've only done horror. So I take horror. it back. I retract my statements. The only two 
shows in the network who have only done straight horror the entire time. Our show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But Vince is gay, so does that count? <laughs> <laughs> straight and gay horror. Yes, indeed. But he's gay. <laughs> Did you guys ever hear that? That See that thing or no? No. That, news, that newscaster when she said, but he's gay. And then she fucked up. Oh, you yeah. must. Oh, I got to play. Well, listen. Yeah, she meant to say blind. Listen, <laughs> this guy climbed Mount Everest or some shit like that. And at the beginning of the show, leading into the news, she says, we're going to talk to a man, Daniel so-and-so, yada, yada. And um, he became <laughs> the sixth man to climb Mount Everest. But he's gay. And then she goes, oh, Oh, I, I meant to say blind. Excuse me. She's. It's way, so he, what, he climb up on his hands and knees? What, what was she getting? I'll at? tell you what. It's easier to climb Mount Everest when you can't see. It's so much harder to climb it with a dick in your ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's just climbing up dick to dick. Dick to dick. <laughs> oh, Dave, man. This is great. I can't uh, wait to hear this. We're really reaching with these jokes. <laughs> hey, but he's gay. It is... But he's gay. Oh, there it is. Gay Mount Everest. Hold on a second. <laughs> right after the break, we're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. <laughs> Excuse me. He's blind. <laughs> okay. As we head to the break, I'll look at the six. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. But speaking of gay. gay, speaking of gay. Gay mountain, gay mountain climbers climb the stiffest of peaks, I hear. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm done. Go ahead, Christian. What were you going to say? I'll have to run this segment by Vince and see if this is okay. I don't even know anymore. But the reality would be, speaking again, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Another shout out to these guys, Andrew. uh, They're up, I think, on episode five now. They did a bonus episode uh, interviewing Kevin. I forgot his last name now, but from A New Blood. Uh, Great interview. I mean, it's great to see that these people have embraced that Friday notoriety as well. What do you mean, these people? What do you mean? The Friday alumni is what I meant. Oh, oh. <laughs> we thought you were talking about the gay community. It's these people. <laughs> I'd like to apologize on behalf no. of this I meant the blind, the blind community. <laughs> no, I meant the Friday alumni because there are a lot of oh. – maybe I did word that wrong, incorrectly. I'll Stop doing back. that, guys. You can go blind. <laughs> I meant that the Friday alumni, there are a lot of people that just dismiss those roles as shit. As we've talked about. We'll get it because we're going to be talking about these, this franchise in depth later mm-hmm. this year. But yes. for now, it's just great to hear that, you know, Lar Park, they'll get together and they actually seemingly like to talk to fans about their experiences. So that's great. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anything else before we move on? Um... Well, we keep saying we thank Derek and then we just keep getting off of it. <laughs> okay, because we'll thank we Derek again. Yeah, we got to thank him one more time. I don't think it was enough. Okay. Derek, you thank bowl? you. Remember, if you didn't see the Facebook post, everybody, and for those of you that are not on Facebook, I'm going to tell you right now, I had to spend $47 Canadian dollars. Derek messaged me and was so apologetic. I'm like, Derek, man, my own fault. If I just bought them two weeks earlier, it would have cost me like 20 bucks. But I didn't listen to Dave. I didn't listen to anybody. I thought, I'm going to get these. No, no problem. I couldn't (laughs) find them anywhere. And then everybody starts texting me after I I post the, I've spent 47 bucks to get them the next day. That I could have gotten them for like three bucks in the States. You prick bastard, too. <laughs> yeah, $12 shipped. So, guys, listening, buy it. I don't want you guys to listen to this show any further from this moment on tonight or today. 
until you've seen the movies, because there's no other way to talk about these without spoiling. It's just not possible. Spoiler. We can't even do a spoiler section and a non-spoiler. It just would not work. So well, These movies are so backstory-driven. There's yeah. so much story that we have to talk about that, yeah, there's no way around it. And we're not no. going to segment it because I don't want to. <laughs> no, I agree. How's that for you? It's fine. That, that's beautiful. So, yeah, again, thank you. Thank you again, Derek. See, I'll give more props to the homie. None of us have seen any of these, I don't think, but... No, I I had seen the first two. I, oh, I, I I've okay. owned the trilogy for a while. In fact, I have uh, like a special addiction edition box set. It's actually addiction. really nice. Special addiction. But he's Today. Gay. But I'm gay. <laughs> the the reality is that I only saw the remake and I realized that I turned it off and we're going to get to that. Oh my well. god, the remake. And I nah. might surprise you. I might surprise you with what I say. You, you, you never surprise me. I'm already getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm already getting angry. <laughs> already... Come on. Give me, give me some credit. I'm not going to... Whatever. I, I know. Can I, I know, do an I opening remark? I'm going to say that, uh, just based on what we were saying there, I'm going to say that I wrote down this. I go, sometimes it takes a foreign language to help sell a movie that would otherwise not work. And that's my opening remark to the, the trilogy of One Miss Call. I think this works I agree better. totally. 100%. Okay. Yeah, I agree. 100%. We'll get into it. Maybe I won't expand yeah, on will. that until we get into the actual reviews. I think we should say one more thing, yeah. and then we we'll go to break, and then we'll do our thing. But uh, merchandise. Uh, if we get, we're talking about doing a little bit of merchandise. We're thinking about doing a website. We just might do merchandise if enough people are interested. If people aren't interested, we're not going to do it. But if so, we've looked into a couple things. T-shirts, right? Right, Christian. Christian looked into it and weighed out the options. And, yeah. Right on. Cool. I just wanted to put that out there. If anybody was interested, maybe, uh, you know, let us know. We'll be working on it in the very near future. But hopefully some people want to have some merch, you know, put Brandon's face on there. We have like a, a, a whole soft drink line coming out, you know, <laughs> our own version of Timbits. Yes. Little Tim's. Yeah. Drink, drink it, Timmy's. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely drink it, Timmy's. Yep. We're not getting any no. kickback for that. In fact, we might be getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the opposite's going to happen. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to get into this? Yeah, Let's man. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right. First review of the night. One missed call from 2003, directed by the great Takashi Miike. People mysteriously start receiving voicemail messages from their future selves in the form of the sound of them reacting to their own violent deaths. I'll say this. I'll say for a Miike film, this is pretty mainstream Miike. The most mainstream I've seen of his films, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen everything he's done, but he's usually pretty out there. I mean, there are a few scenes in here where where it gets pretty out there, where I'm like, okay, that's that's Mikay's style. But you know, you you referenced before that that this only works being that it's in a different language, and I think that has to do with with a, a cultural thing. I just think that Asian cinema specifically deals with ghost stories very well, very well. I don't know why you you buy into the the idea that they exist in these cultures. I'll I'll even further it. We buy into the fact that this is an absolute idiotic, I dare say, plot. <laughs> Yet I buy it based on how it's delivered. So yes. I even wrote down like this is a perfect way to explain it. Dave, you might expand on this based on the opening remarks. The remake, I would not buy what they're selling me, but the way it's presented. In one missed call, one two, and even in, even part three, I, I bought what they sold. Yes, yes. Even though there are that. there are plot holes and some things course, don't make sense, yeah. and and there are bigger issues as the as the series goes on. There's still 
what I always like to say, heart to these characters and there's genuine concern and care amongst them and there's decent character development and you're you're rooting for these people, which I feel differently about when we get to the remake, but we'll talk about that later. So in the first one, we, we basically have Yumi. Yumi is our, our lead character. All her friends start dying off after receiving these phone calls, and it's up to her to figure out basically what the hell's going on. You who? You me. You me? <laughs> you me? No, me, me you? you? <laughs> me you? Can Wait, you who? who? <laughs> and, her, and her brother, who me? Yeah. I want and, this to be like, who's on first? What's on second? Their, their distant cousins say, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's enough insulting the Asians. There goes there goes that routine. Yeah, and the first kill of the movie is a Yoko Oh No moment. <laughs> I will say another thing is, and I'm sure th- this has been discussed at nauseum, I believe already. But this is a total Ringu Juwan kind of rep. I mean, I know it's Japanese Dark ghostly. Water. I mean, it's all. It, it plays right into it. So right away, kind of like you're feeling like you're treading the same water. Okay, we did the TV. Check. We did the, the ghost that's like full of rage. Check. Why don't we combine the two? Instead of use a TV, we'll use a cell phone. And that will be our little play on it. This is and- the same time frame as those films, though. So it's not like, you know, we're years later. We're in the midst of uh, of this big Japanese ghost craze at this point. Yeah, so- but Ringo, Ringo came out years before. Like Ringu three. came out 99. 99, this is 2003. Juwan came out um, 2000. Yeah. Derek Water came out 2002. 2002. Yeah. So, so they, I mean, they're, they it came last, but not very far behind. So it's obviously influenced by those films. That I, I, think I quite enjoyed that opening kill. I mean, the first, the first thing I, I got to say right off the bat is I remember when these first came out. I probably saw this one maybe 2005, and I remember initially being drawn to that ringtone what a great what a great ringtone i remember wanting to put that on my cell phone (laughs) i might because i recorded it if i can find a way to make it crystal clear and do it i'm going to would you guys like me to play it i have it it's about it's about 40 seconds worth should i do it for the listeners i didn't hear it like fifty thousand times between all the movies but go ahead the the last one i heard was that remake one so please play the original (laughs) okay here's the original here it's 40 seconds long so brace yourselves Chicken, I want liver. Meow mix, meow mix. Please deliver. You're entering the horror corridor. <gasps> You're right. A pseudo academic bullshit. A pseudo academic. What did he say? I don't, is that what he says? No, what does he say? He says oh, something he... like pseudo academic. Something, I don't know. Whiskey soaked something. But he's not whiskey soaked anymore. Hey, I will say, let's get back to the goddamn movie. Nice ringtone. That is crystal clear enough for me. You could put it on your phone tomorrow. The the red candy motif starts right in the opening credits before we even know what the fuck it is. It actually outlines the red credits. I didn't notice that until I did the Mm rewatch. Because at first I didn't know anything about red candy. (laughs) Well, that's it about Mike. That's what I was going to say. The first time I watched this, because I watched them all twice, right? And the remake did something good for me. And again, I'll get to it when I get there. But what I'm saying is the very first time I watched this particular film, 
I thought the third act went complete Nikkei because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was like watching Audition, and in the third act, it just gets out of control. You don't know what it is. But upon second view, I had a, a firmer grasp of of the plot and, and what was going on exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, even though there is continuity to the films in, in terms of the backstory, they do kind of add to it, then they kind of subtract from it, and they kind of don't explain a few things that happen. But this one, it I definitely agree, goes a little bit Mike in the third act, but nothing to the point where you can't be like, okay, here's what was really happening. I figured it out. I figured it out. And in, in, in the sequels, I can pick a few things apart in them plot-wise. But in this one, I, I think there's very little to... to... Very little. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's really uh, like a, a ghost slasher murder mystery film. And, you know, we got we got Yumi at this point. She's She's doing her investigating, trying to figure out what's going on after Yoko's killed and trying to find out the orientation of this curse and where it all started and all, and there's all these theories and she eventually hooks up with, uh, I guess he's a detective. I didn't know what he was throughout the movie. Yeah. Well, I I guess you, I thought he was a detective too, but then like one guy says, stop playing cop or police officer or something like that. He's a coroner. Is he the guy? No. So he said, I think he said, stop playing coroner. No, he said stop playing. Get away from those dead bodies, you. He was at his sister's he was at his sister's corpse. He's not a coroner. He was yes, going he is. No, he's not. He broke in to see his sister's corpse. Well, how come you... the cop was so formal with him and he was fine? Yeah. He said Mr. Funeral Director or something, he told him. Why would he, he just be making, so... he was making fun? Really? Yeah. In the was remake. He, wasn't he in the remake? Wasn't he a corner in the remake? On the remake, he was a cop. He was a detective. Yeah, he was I'm a detective. I'm pretty sure okay. he was a detective. But then the, the, the guy says, stop playing police officer or something like that. Maybe he's like, say, don't be a police officer. Be a goddamn detective. <laughs> that was the only bit that was a little bit confusing. That, but, that, uh, that can't, is not the only bit. Yeah. From this film, yeah. I just uh, Yamashita, um, I, that was my big question with Yamashita. What the hell is he? Because even at one point he gets a call saying, can you come into work tomorrow? And he's like, I can't come. And then he says, I've been fired. Yeah, yeah, I'm fired. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. You know, um, and that's because his sister Ritsuko was was in a fire that killed her six months ago. And you found out that she got the call, too, because right. she she worked at the, the, um, that child's guidance clinic. And she had a candy in her mouth. Yeah, that's what it was. You get that hard red, red candy. hot candy. Uh, Everyone and- had hard red. So this is what I was saying. Like we get a lot of backstory here, lots of backstory. Everybody, every character seems to have some major backstory here, which is the film's plus. Maybe, maybe there's too much because all these films, songs, with the exception of the re- songs, with the exception of the remake, are about an hour and fifty minutes. They're long. They are films. long. Uh, yeah. The remake is about an hour and twenty-five minutes with extended opening and, and closing credit sequences. I might add. But getting back to this, you me. Her backstory, other than making her a tragic character, what was like? Was it just to be relatable? Was it that she gets some cathartic moment with that that spirit later? Because that's it. Okay. That's the point. That's See, the, that point. the point. Okay. But the first time, that's why I was fucked up because I was when when Yumi was flashing back to her childhood. I was getting confused thinking that that was Mamiko and it was different. That's where I was getting. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. going on here? Why? That's when I got confused in the third act. Now, after I watched the remake and I saw it, in it was more plain. You know, I I, I was like, okay, well, that's they cleaned why. it up. They cleaned that up completely. Yeah. They what are you talking about? It. They ju- they just went. 
basically well, shot for shot. I mean, they did they did the same thing and dumbed it down for us. Yeah, I, I don't, when I say cleaned it up, I, I, I guess that's a better way. Dumbed it right down. Yeah, but, or but, simplified. Yeah, but almost I mean, too much because they took out they took out any. Well, we'll get we're, we're we're talking about the fucking remake. We'll get to the damn right, remake. Right, <laughs> but I'm saying what it did was aided me into to to seeing what was going on. But the first time I was like, what the fuck? And then and, and Christian, you answered what I, I was going to say. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, why make – pardon me. As I'm going through it halfway the second time, I'm like, why did they decide to make her an abuse victim as well? But then you answered your own question because she was able to relate to, to the mother. And to, now here's my question, point blank, and you guys might laugh at me. Who was actually doing the killings? Was it Mamigo or was it the mother? It was Mimica. It, 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 looks, it looks – well, and I noticed it later on as the films went on. This little girl has an adult face. A hundred percent. When you see that face, it looks like an adult, but it's on a child's body. So I think I, I was getting confused in the front because when you see the face there, it looked like a grown woman. I thought I was looking at Kayako from from freaking uh, the Juan films at first. Oh, it was Sadako. <laughs> well, <laughs> and no, she had it, long limbs too it, for it a was, child. It was Mimico. In this one, it's, it's Mimico. In the second one, it gets there, there's a little bit more of. Well, uh, in the second yeah. one, there's two killers. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. I mean, spoiling it, Mimico is the killer here. We get the backstory that Marie, who's Mimico's mother, they think she's the one who was abusing her daughters, and she had Munchausen by proxy, and she's she's tormenting her her children just so she could uh, take credit for nursing them back to health. But it turns out it's actually Mimiko, the older sister, who was actually abusing her younger sister. Yeah. Yes, Nan but... Nanako. Check it out, though. Okay, the mother. The mother's Nanako? No, the no. mother is Marie. Oh, yeah, pardon me. Yeah. Okay, Nanako was the other one. Okay, right. So, Marie, what was she doing to make herself be discovered? You would think that she was doing something to provoke uh, Yumi from, from discovering her. So, she had to have been doing something. Did did she just happen to be discovered because of what Mimico was doing? Is what you're saying? That's she why I thought that she was doing something. No, well. she suspected because there's reference that Mitsuko logged nine visits to the hospital for the little right. sister in in the month of July. So the mother be, became convinced that something was up and put the camera in the room to 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 see what was going on, suspecting that it was her other daughter. Not knowing for sure, because who would think a little girl would be abusing her little sister? Kind of yeah, like, okay. kind of like the Sixth Sense, but instead of it actually being the mother, exactly, <laughs> it, it ends up being another twist. Which is what I thought was great about this, because you're Agreed. you suspected it's the mom, and then right. they throw in another twist that it, it's not the mom, and that and that sort of carries it through for like one last plot twist in the last, I think, fifteen twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. The whole final act ended. I ended up completely loving it the second time because I, I wasn't confused when 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 she went to when Yumi went to the old hospital. That shit was gold. All all the scary shit that went on and she kept creeping and coming out and the jars were coming out. There was genuinely scary shit going on and it, it looked good and everything else. Well, that was some of the best stuff, you know. What are the uh, yeah. things? I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's a great scene, especially when when they eventually dis, when they eventually break the curse and then discover Marie's body. Right before that takes, well, that's really creepy. Yep. No, there's a lot of great things there. Well filmed. Uh, I think that goes without saying here. There, it's just a really great movie to look at as well, without it being showboaty by any means. It's it, it's just directed very like 
if you didn't tell me who directed this, right. you I don't think you would know. There, other than that ending, other than the the ending where which kind of goes into like a a dream state, if you will, or a limbo <laughs> world, if you will, that like it plays out fairly straight. Other than that, but what I loved was the writing in this, based on the fact that. Okay, I already said it kind of plays off like a, a Ringo ripoff and whatnot, but they put elements that you would only expect that if this was a successful movie that maybe they would write these in other installments later down the road. And why that may, while that may seem like a knock on this film, I actually mean it positively because that whole inclusion of the TV show with the host and everything, I thought was great in this. I thought they I jumped it. right on that, like how... like. He's interested. He wants to jump right on this story, kind of to exploit it uh, and the girl. And I thought that that's not something you usually see in a first installment of a series or something to that effect. And that's something that works, given if you've ever seen any bits of Japanese television in their culture. This is the type of stuff that they would put on their television, which is why. All right. I'm not even going to go back to the remake yet, but, oh, but exactly. it works. It works yeah. so well in this right. context. In this oh, especially. Movie. And I, think, and I think it's because they give it the time it needs. You get a good setup and you get the time with the characters, whether it be the host, whether it be the actual TV show in this version, the original. Absolutely. <laughs> this movie's all about the characters when you think about it. Like when you think about, about the kills, like nothing is that gory or that impressive. I actually thought the girl who died on, on the television show. Ooh, that was I thought good. Her, it was good, but it was kind of silly. She's like popping and locking. It looks like she's doing a breakdancing routine, and then all of a sudden her head's on the floor. I'm like, what the hell? It reminded me of like a screaming mad George effect. I loved it. Like, it's just yeah. something, yeah, like someone being folded. There's a lot of folding in these movies. People yeah. Get, like folded up. Very... And I love it. Origami. Yeah, man. yeah. Origami. Yes. Yeah. Orgasm. Yeah. Orgasm. <laughs> they were, they bend their freaking fingers back oh. and their limbs and all. I thought it was cool. I mean, I think it, it, it's kind of a playoff of, uh, Again, I hate to bring her up again, but, but Kayako in, in Juan, when she's walking down the stairs, moving that way, the way her limbs move and her hands and, and shit like that, it's a little, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. You know, even a couple of times when she was crawling, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. But I'm not knocking. Well, there's the That's hair. Film. They have the hair. and The hair is and, huge and the, way that they, the way that they pull. So the hair kind of takes on a, a ghastly character of, its, uh, of itself. And then uh, there's also the, the ghosts themselves all look like they're right out of the grudge. Yeah. Really do. Not, I, not I a bad that. thing. They, I'm no. just saying it, that's what I, you know, visually you can compare them to. I dig it, and I like the TV thing because no one ever does that. Like you usually see in like a supernatural film from anywhere, from Japan, from the states, whatever, and, and you never see someone say, "Hey," because that's how I always think. Let's go on TV. Let, let, let's try to stop it. Now, wouldn't you do that if you were that girl? Wouldn't you go on TV? You know, you're cursed anyway. You may as well think that if you go on TV. It probably won't happen. Ghosts don't freaking uh, appear in Dusha when people are watching. Exactly. Tons of people around. Cameras on you. Right. But of course, it goes bad shit crazy. No, it's great. It's great. It reminded it me. Great. It kind of I, the second time during, I was thinking Poltergeist when they bring like all the like you know like you're an hour into the movie, an hour, an hour and change into the movie, and all of a sudden this whole paranormal crew come in and they're recording stuff and whatever. I just thought that's great because that you. I loved it. I just thought it was an interesting addition for a first installment of a series. Not that they knew it was going to be a series at this point. Right, but still. 
Yeah, yeah clearly not, because this works really well as a, as a standalone, especially the way they ended it. Let's get to that. If we're, I don't know if I don't want to jump right to the ending, but that was where I had a little bit of confusion. Uh, and I, maybe I don't have confusion. I just want to make sure I've, I read this the right way. Pretty much well, everybody dies. Yumi's quote unquote possessed at the end of this movie. I'm just talking about yes. within the realm of this film. Because right. I think we learn a bit more later, sort of. <laughs> but she seems like she's possessed and kills, uh, what is his name? The detective, the, yeah. the funeral yeah, guy. Yeah, Yam- Yamashita. The funeral guy, Yamashita. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's dead. She sort of uh, smiles and, and, it, and it's the end. Yeah, it's it's yeah. sort of it's you sort of come full circle, and she's she's got a new uh, plaything. It did instead of her little sister, she's got Yamashita that she's gonna hurt and and take care of, but she ultimately kills him. It I loved it. Maybe confused was not the right term because it's there's nothing confusing about it. that's what they show you. It's just it's done kind of in a dreamlike state because when she sees him, I think she she it looks like she's helping him, and then you realize that he's actually dead, and it comes back to her. And I think she smiles and that's where it ends. Well, first and foremost, he's coming to help her. She's having the trouble. And then we see the reflection and we see that uh, Mimiko is is what is going to possess her. And then by the time the guy gets there, we get that surprise. Remember with the knife? Remember she comes up and he thinks he's helping her. But by then yeah. she's acting all innocently. Oh, no, everything's OK. And then you're like, what the fuck? What's going on here? Then you see she turns on him. Then she wakes up. Then he wakes up in the hospital. Well, that's the, the part I'm talking about. The very, job. very end. That the part where he wakes up in the hospital, you're because you're kind of like, at first you're like they play with it, like oh did he wake up in the hospital, but then right. you quickly realize no he's dead, she finds him and and um, uh, Yumi's possessed. Yeah, which see I thought I thought it was great here when we get Assuming to part two in a minute. Yeah, I don't understand what they did with that because she should still be out there doing shit. But yeah, I I, I even like the the flashback that Yamashita has like right before, right as he's being stabbed, where he has a flashback to helping Mimiko. It's almost kind of like a sad, tragic moment. It's almost like he's he's kind of going back in his mind, like if he could have like made this right, because he knows he's kind of screwed at this point. And this is a real downbeat ending, but you know he's kind of like still like, what if I was there? I would have I would have rescued this little girl while she's having an asthma attack, while the mother just left her. And right, honestly, not. I mean, oh. yeah, that was the part that invoked a bit of confusion because you just reminded me of it. I didn't take the note there as when he goes and yeah, he goes in to help her. Yeah, he's having, couple, he's having yeah. sort of like a flashback. Like it's almost yeah. like a what if, like you know, if I could only have done that. And and the the parallel of of Yumi's character being very similar to 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 Mimiko and Nanako to being abused and playing it off because she was abused by her mother and having you think it's the mother the whole time really makes the twist twist work in the end that it is Mimiko. It adds to that because you're convinced it's the mother the whole time because they're drawing parallels to Yumi's story the whole time. They're showing flashbacks of her mother. So even the showdown when Yumi's getting attacked by Marie and she starts to apologize, she's like, apologizing for leaving her mother it's sort of sort of quite fucked up actually she's almost like apologizing for leaving her mother and like and marie is almost taking it like it's it's mimico apologizing for all the harm she's done and like everybody's like sort of at peace at that point and then of course that's when right before the big reveal that it's actually mimico the whole time and and yamashita fails to show up in time i don't want to say the length of the film's a fault because i do feel like in this case, you get a great introduction to the characters. You get a lot of backstory. 
and I never was bored by it. However, as you guys know, because I told you on chat, this took me three times to get into. My own fault. Put it on too late at night and a subtitled movie, too late too. at night, spells yep. death for me. So I fell asleep a half an hour in night one, a half an hour in night two, and then so I started night three again. I made it, I said, I'm starting it at the half hour point at this point, and I watched it 15 minutes, fell asleep. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. So watched it all the way through on day four and thought it was absolutely great, and then rewatched yeah. it again this afternoon to make sure that. I had all my notes in place for, for the show and any questions that I want to ask you guys. But by rewatching it, I answered a lot of what I mm-hmm. what I had to ask you, which is why I put in the notes of, was it that cathartic moment for her when she's, uh, for me, me, for me, me, you, you, me. <laughs> <laughs> me, you, you, me. <laughs> you, me. Was it a cathartic moment for her? And that's why we have her backstory of being abused and whatnot. But you're right. It draws a lot of parallels to the other characters. So... It, yeah, it's definitely it's it's definitely something that should be in the film. I think anytime you take on Japanese ghost stories or Japanese cinema in general, you really gotta you, you can't watch these late at night half asleep. None of them. Japanese films they get they get out there sometimes. This one stayed pretty close to to normal, but man, sometimes they can get they can get pretty far out. Especially Mike, but like I said, this one was pretty mainstream for him. But I really enjoyed it, and I agree with you with the length. It's like they could have taken out 10, 15 minutes, but I don't know where you take it out because everything was right. essential. I was looking for that on the second view of what they could take out. And after the first view, I would have said, yeah, they should have taken out the, the abuse stuff at Yumi because why did they do it? But no, the second time, it all, everything makes sense. Everything is there for a reason. And the same thing happened to me. I was an hour in and I was getting tired. I shut it off and I, I watched the second hour the second night. So. Yeah. It did happen. It does happen. It it does tend to happen with me when I'm watching subtitled movies, especially if I'm watching them in the computer with the earbuds in in bed, because I do that a lot at the end of the night. That does happen, but it, it's not a reflection on the film because no, not at all. I'm so glad the second view of all of these films was uh, almost mandatory as far as I'm concerned. It definitely heightened my experiences in, in all of them. So It was more for me to get the names as well. I still screwed up uh, Detective's <laughs> right? name. But I don't anyway. even know what it is. <laughs> I came in. I, I, I feel like maybe just based on how we're talking, I feel like I came in at a decent rating. I gave it an eight out of ten. Eight point five. Yeah, eight point five for me. And I actually came up talking with you guys. I was at an eight originally, but I'll I, tell I, you what. I had no. I had no rating the first time I watched it. I, I I refused to put a rating down because I said I either a have to watch it again or b discuss it with these guys. Of course, I did both, but I just I couldn't figure out what I thought the way it was wrapped up and, and what happened in the third act. But so many great things. One quick question. Did that girl, that drowned girl that they flash back to, which is what's his name's sister, did, did that look weird to you like she was frozen? Because that image came up in she, all she was films. She was frozen with like a candy in her mouth. And that's not the sister. Oh, it's not her. That oh, The sister the, was Ritsuko. Right, this girl was right. the girl after. And then this girl who drowned was the one who called Yoko. <laughs> yes. It gets that, very confusing. No, that's right. Because she said I was at a place. Uh, they're, they're college kids in this film. And she said that yeah. I was at a funeral for a high school friend. Right, right. Okay, my bad. But the it, way they show it, it looks like she's almost in a pool and she's frozen. And there's like a plastic bag behind her. They say she drowned. But I don't know. Something about that image just struck me weird. I wanted to know if, if 
You no, I saw it. It, it, was, it was creepy. It looked like she was like frozen in, in, in yeah. ice or something. Yeah, I, I saw that too. Only because okay. you brought it up. Yeah, it, but I didn't write a note or anything about it. So You know what it reminds you of, C? You know when they, when they show that promo picture of, uh, of Betsy Palmer uh, that, uh, that she did oh, before? Yeah. Yes, and she has her face up against that plastic stuff. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. It we looks... both did visual versions of that just for a <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, the one time we don't have visual on us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, great movie. The thing with Kenji was real cool in the elevator, and uh, the keys actually being pushed by themselves. After that scene, you can see the keys being pushed by like an invisible hand. I guess yeah. without seeing an invisible hand. I like I cool, like cool the severed I like the severed arm from the Yoko kill. In fact, yes. that that was very Mike. Yes. Yeah. There's a severed arm actually. Like, that's where it got a little batch, and I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. That's Mike. It's fun, though. I, I, I like, oh, yeah, it was I very like fun, but that's like, like that he gets ridiculous like yeah. that sometimes. And it's like, but in a good way. And there's more stuff we left out, but now the listeners can watch them. I mean, we spoiled the hell out of them. I hope it didn't mean it's, it's, it's really hard. Okay, Even listen. spoiling it, it's really hard to talk about these films. Right. I don't want to say coherently, but like, kind of. Group it together in a nice little tight pad. No, like it's it's hard to group it into like a nice little short review because there's so much going on. You just kind of want to jump around all over the place. But yep. deep down, you know, for people if they're interested in this, it's a, it's a ghost story. It's it with a with a cool premise. A great. I think. See, I disagree. I don't care. The remake may not have worked for it, but the right American remake in, in the right hands, it could have worked. I think it's a brilliant idea. The phone rings, and you look at your damn your cell phone, and it's you calling you. And it doesn't say hey, it's, a, it's a phone of you pick it up, and you hear yourself from the future in, doing some type of uh, exclamation or saying something and then screaming. And, you know, it's going to be something bad. That, to me, is fucking scary. I, I it's think it it's could like work. seven days with the ring, except yeah. – it, it could be any time. I think it could days. work better today. I the, think it's scary. A remake of it could work better today, given I agree. our continued growth and reliance on technology and specifically our cell phones. Like, I mean, yeah. back then it was just as bad, but now it's even it's oh. it's, it's grown exponentially. I mean, Absolutely. we've always been attached to our phones, but now it's like you live on your phone. Yeah, these you are flip phones, we gave know? her ratings already, but I forgot. Yeah, there's a few things. I just checked my notes again. I'm like, fuck, I left a few things out. As well, you talked about a the flip phone uh, era, and then also you said the three days, and I'm like, well, there you go. It's almost like, well, the ring was seven days, so fuck that. Let's right. up the ante. It's three days in this one, and then the red candy. We talked about finding red candy, but that the significance becomes you find out what it means as the story progresses and, and why everybody has red candy in the mouth. It's a and cool. it's a cool explanation with yeah. the, with mm-hmm. the red candy. It makes perfect sense, you know. It's sort of like, hey, keep your mouth shut here. Shove a candy in there. <laughs> <laughs> keep your mouth shut. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, if there's nothing else, I guess we can go on to two. Anybody else? Uh... <laughs> All right, yeah. Part two actually picks up one year later. Not exactly one year, but it's a year later. And this time we're dealing with daycare teacher Kayoko. And the same thing begins to happen, except now this time the curse has sort of evolved and we'll find out that there's a lot more going on besides just Mimiko. And this one was directed by Renpei Sukamoto. And this one's from 2005. One Miss Call 2. I'm not reading the B description because the B description is just a synopsis of the entire movie. <laughs> and I'm not a very good one of that. Yeah, it's just like literally <laughs> scene by scene, everything that happened. I have to get into spoilers immediately because I'm going to ask you guys a question. If you guys can't help me, 
then then that's fine. It's I was going to ask, ask a question about the opening scene. Oh, well, you go first then. Opening scene. Let's hear Open, it. Opening scene. We got Kyoko and her friend Madoka. Oh, the woman that shows up. That's going to be your question. Because who is Not there? only the woman that shows up. Okay, whatever. She's just sort of she's like a, weird. She's very strange. But the little girl. Who is she waving at? I know. Oh. It's a weird beginning. Because I just... Rewatched that right before we got on the uh, again the and that, that beginning's weird because you're thinking there's going to be the old cliche ghost standing behind her, but then we cut away and there's no ghost there. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. Who's she waving to, so, and why I, is that girl's mother so weird? I think it was a head was... fake. I think they're playing with conventions. If I have to I, really dissect it, I think that they're trying to set it up like you're getting this girl that's been left behind she's telling the creepy story about the phone or, or whatnot and then she's like oh it's just a story whatever unless i'm confusing things suddenly the mom shows up you don't see her face because it's kind of half shielded from an umbrella because it's pouring rain the girl gets let go the little girl turns around and waves to a supposed being behind her and just keeps waving and then she leaves and we get into the movie and we never come back to that you know what? I actually like that explanation a lot because I had questions about it. But the idea that maybe the the mother is so weird and withdrawn that this little girl clearly has imaginary friends that they probably were just trying to really fake you out and make you think that this is going more traditional standard ghost story. But it, it didn't. And I'm glad it didn't because I, at first yeah. I'm like, wait, there's no phone call. Why is she waving at Mimiko or whoever this go- new ghost is? But she's not. She's clearly not. There's and it never comes back there. into play. Exactly. In fact, they possibly could have used that as a, a, as a starting point for a third part and, and somehow replayed this girl into it and then uh-huh. taken it backwards, but they didn't. Uh, and who knows? Maybe part four if you're listening to me, Japan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, all of Japan is listening. <laughs> yeah. Or Taiwan, whoever wants to take it on. But the... Uh, <laughs> Korea. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but... But you're, I, I think they're playing with cliche or cliche and conventions, and just saying that you're, you're thinking you're getting a setup, and then nothing happens, and then you all, know all of a sudden we cut to a restaurant, and then she convinces that girl that, that was there, the two girls we made in the opening scene, to come out, and they're at the restaurant. Yeah, that was it. But <laughs> I thought maybe they were trying to say that that girl was Mimico, and 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 the woman that came to pick her up was Marie. It was like a flashback to when Mimico was even younger. That's what I was getting out of it at first. Yeah, well, I wasn't. I wasn't no. <laughs> completely sure either, but I, I kind of accept the fake out. I really think well, it was just because the girl that. did cool. have a bruise on her face too. Yeah. See. But I don't wow. think that was her name though. I think they they actually called her by name. No, they said her name. No, they I called know. her br- Bruise Face. <laughs> bruiser. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they called her Bruce Campbell. Bruce, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> That's fucking gold, yeah. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I want to see that now. A picture of Bruce Campbell, like all beaten to a pulp, and it just says Bruce Campbell. It's That's easy all to a picture. That's what I, I want a meme of that, Bruce Campbell. I know, right? Bruce Campbell. Christian's like, can we move on? No, okay, no, 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 right, no, no, no. I was looking something. at my notes to make sure that uh, if I said anything else about that little girl, but no, I didn't. But I do love when they cut to that restaurant, and then we cut, we instantly link. We get that phone ring, and we, we meet some new characters. They're likable again. We, and we get a uh, a progression of the curse. Now the curse, if you answer someone else's phone, the curse goes to you. Because the father answers the daughter's phone, and the curse ends up killing him, even though it was meant for his daughter. Absolutely. Which is great. Weird. 
No, see, I knew Dave, you hate it because it's playing with the mythos, but I love it not when even. they can expand on it. Because part three expands on it even more. Not even because it's playing with the mythos, because as the movie <laughs> progresses, we can kind of see why, because they, they do all kinds of crazy shit. Just, we're supposed to believe that a ghost who has the supernatural power is going to call the wrong person? Why would they just say, oh, I think I'll just call this phone number now. I don't know who's going to answer, but if it's not the person I'm calling, well, he called the phone. This... She, he mm-hmm. called the right phone. The dad yeah. didn't answer it. It was the, the daughter's phone. phone. Exactly, it was. I it understand, was a... but if you're the if you're a ghost, if you're supernatural, don't you think you would know when the person you want to call is near their fucking phone? Yeah, but you know what? Why you're, would they get I a think, wrong number? I a ghost gets the wrong number. I think you're taking it like they're calling Mei Fung <laughs> specifically. The ghost is not calling this specific person. No, they're going through the the address book of the previous victim. So this is the next victim in line, and so there's never really anything established, even in part one, that says that. Mimiko couldn't have killed someone else. It's just that someone else didn't never answered the person's phone. Yeah, but the father, they specifically said the father doesn't even own a fucking phone. I know, but he answered the phone. It doesn't matter. The ghost travels through the phone lines. Yeah, the ghost just adjusted on the fly because someone else answered. Like calling your girlfriend and their father answers when you're a kid. And then you got Yeah, but it, it would have been ridiculous if the ghost was like, oh, is Mei Fung there? No, tell him to call <laughs> me back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just that. Ghosts in these films when you're talking about curses. That's pretty funny. That would have been funny. They're laser focused. They're laser focused, these ghosts. The laser focus is still Oh my there. God. How did you say that? With a, they're laser focused, these ghosts. <laughs> it's still there, the laser focus. It's still killing the person who answers the phone. You're taking for granted the fact that you think uh, that it has to be the specific phone owners. You would owners' phone. Phone owners. Phone, phoners? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even, again, this is a Dave Zism, because I didn't even dwell on this for one second. I thought, Me cool. either, but I feel like I have to defend it. Yeah, now I do too, but like, I just thought, cool, they're expanding on it, like it, and then I love how they linked everything. Oh, don't you remember that ringtone? Where's that from? Oh, yeah, that girl that we saw die on TV last year. I yeah, they bring, they bring back the same cop, yeah. that Motomiya cop, who was completely useless in part one, yeah, but in part two, he's, he's immediately oh, he, becoming he concerned. Everything. Yeah, now he's older detective. He's Doctor Loomis. He's searching for red candy, and everybody, people haven't even died. He's like popping open their mouth looking for red candy. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? He was. Was there candy there? He's totally Loomis. He's an Asian Loomis. He's fucking Loomi or something. I don't know. My question is: Yes, is silent. Where did I miss the introduction of? Is it? um, And is this the main girl, uh, Takaki? Is it Takako? Well, Taiko and Taikako are the two mains. Taikako is the reporter. She's been investigating the story for a long time, and the cop cop knows she's investigating, so he tells her everything that's going on. And the guy that the girl the guy that uh, the guy that she knows in Taiwan. Sorry, listeners, I'm just trying to get some uh, some structure here. The guy that she knows in Taiwan is just an old lover, ex husband, ex husband. No, they're still married. Well, actually, yeah, you're right. They are still married. You still wearing his ring? Yeah, but anyway. Sorry. Let me get to my question. The first half of this film is set up a certain way where all of a sudden they decide that they have to find out Mimiko's grandfather, right? Because they get into that whole backstory about going to fucking Taiwan because Mimiko's grandfather is there. And they get there 
and it ends up being useless because it, it, once they get there, we find out about another curse with the girl that sews her lips, and it has nothing to do with Mimical whatsoever. The original Actually evil. Does. It's the original yeah, evil. The original evil that they were all found with dust in their lungs, including Mimico was found yeah. with coal dust in her lungs. Dust. Yeah. The, so now it's not candy, it's dust. I'd rather have a candy in my mouth than dust. Yeah. So, again, we're all over the place here, but Dave led led into it. Dave led right into that. So, yeah, there's no red candy in this one, sort of, until the end. There's coal dust this time. And I I wrote that note, even in Mimico's body. And now the action kind of switches from Japan to Taiwan, um, kind of at the 30-minute mark, but officially at the 50-minute mark, that's where the, the rest of the story sort of plays out as they search this coal mine. Because that's what the focus of this movie becomes, is finding out kind of the origin of this curse, which, Dave, you just explained it, st- starts with a link to the grandfather, hoping that the grandfather is still alive and he's dead. But it's not all for nothing because it leads to the finding out that this whole village had been killed off by another evil girl. There's a lot of fucking evil girls in, like, Japan, Taiwan, and well, all surrounding well, countries. But she's but not evil. She's not evil this at one. all, exactly. Yeah. She has to get her own revenge because uh, the the villagers, uh, it was a wrongdoing, a uh, miscarriage of justice on her. But I didn't realize. Well, don't you just let See, that go, that, then? You're evil at that point. If you're taking revenge on people, just let it go. They sold her mouth shut and buried yeah, sure. her alive. They sold her <laughs> mouth shut, but she could talk clear as day to anybody. They that buried come. her. Motherfucker, they buried this poor little girl all because she had second sight and she knew when the disease was going to kill these people. You know? Kids threw that sucks. Yeah, but, the, they, you know, I that. think if, if anyone's confused how they got to Taiwan, it's when they were doing more investigation, they actually find out from Mimiko's grandmother that Marie, Mimiko's mother, was actually raped and that right. Mimiko is a result of that rape. And I thought they were going to find out the father. I thought they were going to find out the real father, Mimical. That would have been cool for the curse. He was from some fucking crazy thing, the bastard son of a thousand maniacs or some <laughs> shit. You know? Well, no, he, he actually he killed, killed the intruder. He, he killed the intruder and was sent to grandfather away. did. Yeah. Right. And then when he was uh, released, that's when he moved back to Taiwan. And that's why they go to Taiwan to, to try and reach him. And that's when they discover Wait that the curse oh. has been going on there. That that's why is that why she has asthma because she has coal dust in her. She's coughing on coal dust. Doesn't that make sense? If you got coal uh-huh. dust in your fucking in your, I'm trying lungs, to take that in. I never thought you of cough that. too and have asthma. You know what I mean? Because I didn't realize she had coal dust in her. I missed that. That's why I asked the question because I said that was going to affect maybe my rating. I didn't understand why they had this big huge setup to the grandfather and then they got there and then they switched it off of Mimico and then on this whole new curse and I'm like. Uh, okay, okay, I can accept that. That's another another curse. It's cool. I like the story. I dig it. And then where it goes at the end, I'm like, okay, it's just under evil and they're hooked up. But I'm thinking, but you guys said that Mimico had cold dust in her and somehow that, that little factoid got by me. So there you go. You answered my question. I'm cool with it. I just, I, I had to ask you guys. I, I don't remember hearing that part. Yeah. Well, that's how they, that's how they originally get to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the rest of the action from pretty much, like, so this one's very investigative in the sense of you get i think we get a great setup here first act then it gets a little draggy in the in the second act there's there is story progression of course but there's not a lot of action per se in the second act not necessarily i agree a total downfall it could have used something else in the second act but then i think maybe at like the hour like the hour mark for the last like the last bit we're kind of in that village and that that coal mine 
for a long, long duration of, mm-hmm. of film. Um, even though the action shifts from that, it's kind of a that's where it goes kind of mind fucky and time traveling, does it not? It does. It does. It gets a little weird. It gets weird even when you find out that Yumi's body has been found. Well, that's it. So as this is all progressing, as they're as they're exploring, so as they're trying to find out more about the origins of the origins of this, the oranges of the curse and origins <laughs> of the curse, they they find out this other evil, which is the original evil. But I guess a sweet little girl, Lily, that was the original curse that then. I guess expanded and then affected Mimico as well. Or some yeah. she got a call, whatever it may be. But the reality would be that as they're they're dealing with all this, she gets a call. So Takako gets a call, the reporter gets a call from the old detective to say that Yumi's body has been found, she was never possessed. The evil in her just became stronger. That part that- I found very confusing because right. Then later on, she finds out that guy died in a crash going to you to try to find Yumi and her body's been discovered and everything's done. It was almost kind of like it was just pushed aside in a sense. Did I miss something there? Because that's what it felt like. All this build up to kind of have it just pushed aside. And then on top of it all, she gets told, well, those two the two bodies we found at the mine are are they both your friends? And she's like, two bodies, because all we've (laughs) seen at this point is one body possible body could have been found and then we go through this whole time warp thing where it gets really kind of crazy and if listeners you're going what the fuck's christian talking about it's because at this point you're going what the fuck am i watching because it does get a little crazy at the end there it gets crazy with both stories i mean we're focusing on kayako here but we we also have no we're focusing on takako but we also have kyoko and her boyfriend yeah. Right, it's like a, it's like a two couple third act. Yeah, it's like yeah. What's her? I was okay name? with it. I wasn't confused at, at all in 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 this in the third act in this film. Like it was the first time for the first one. I I got it just fine, which is weird because I was confused earlier on. But once it we once we got everything out, I, it was kind of straightforward, except for that one thing you said, Christian, about why why did they say that about the evil awakening in her? And then they make it a point to bring it up in the closing moments of the film. With the other girl, and then any, like, any reference, any references to part one were what was confusing because they were trying to tie it together in some sort of weird way. Whereas the straight up story of this being uh, being a different curse and an even original curse being Lily's curse, then it gets confusing when they bring Mimico back into it and and try to tie that back in. It could have simply been the original curse or or a copycat or something, but, but they were, I guess they were, we got to give them some credit in trying to tie it back in. Yeah. But, but it, it does seem like what starts off strong kind of just gets brushed aside as an afterthought later in the film. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you what was brilliant. The backwards clock thing that they did in this way, in this film part two, the way they did it. Do you guys remember when it was on the wall and it was the reflection of it? Yeah. The shadow of the, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Because another thing that tied back to the we didn't mention it in the first film, but they did the whole backwards clock thing in the first film. That's when I was getting confused. And they did it again here, but I thought they did it really well. See, that was like a cool, you know, tie-in with the first. One of the ones that worked. And it was just a small thing, you know. But I don't know. I still really enjoy the film. I I enjoy it too, but it's really it's really tough to make sense of the connection between Mimiko and and Lily. How the curse connects. I get that they're both are they both just completely separate curses. I I don't I don't get that. Well, and how this movie ends is utterly confusing. 
because when all's said and done, right? I don't know if I, I'm saying her name right at all, but Takako pulls the red candy out of her damn mouth, tosses yeah. aside, kind of smirks. The red mm-hmm. candy rolls, stops dead, and the film melts to give us the final credits. Well, <laughs> is that reality that, melting away? Like, I mean. No, I, it's sort of the, it's that moment where she realized that she had never made it out of the mines that Mimiko had had attacked and killed her in the mines. Not Lily, Mimiko. Mimiko had stabbed her and she had never made it out because she thought she made it yes. out and and saved Yutin. Yeah, no, but she did, didn't. Yeah, she thinks she saved the day. This her. is where I'm saying the time warp happens because she thinks that she saved the day. Then she gets the the information about the two bodies in the mine, realizing that something else hasn't happened. She wakes up. So there's a moment in the film listeners where she is searching the mines clicks on a lighter gets freaked out by a little girl and then the movie plays out like the end of the descent oh fuck that movie so then (laughs) (laughs) hey fuck that's exactly what it is though (laughs) yeah and then the movie plays out and then you find out she never made it past that certain point so then yeah that's it so the movie plays out you realize nope we're back at that moment when she lights that lighter and, and, and is dealing with that demon girl and that's where the movie sort of she, finishes. She, she was investigating Lily, but she got killed by Mimiko. And then on the opposite side, we got Kyoko and her boyfriend, Naoto, who are dealing with Lily's story. And they meanwhile, I'm Lee- playing Coleco. And, <laughs> and Nintendo. Yeah. No, I actually like that scene at the end. I like that that sacrifice scene. That's, that's a good scene. Where they keep I did flip, too. They keep flipping sides. That's very, it's very dreamlike. It's very, very surreal. And Which I, might explain I, the I film, though. Yeah, but I wasn't as confused. I don't think the I think the listeners are, are getting the impression that this is a very confusing movie by listening to our conversation. But I don't think it's all that confusing. I, I just it's, think there's a couple quirks about it. But the ending I can't explain. But I love it. It's like a it's like one of those clever little things at the end, and it's like almost like I, I can explain it just by saying evil begets evil. They're well, all look, connected. Look, we we didn't really touch on it, but but the smile that comes out of her mouth. There was like the smile that comes out of her face before the candy falls out of her mouth. To me, my interpretation is that is that she's reunited with her twin sister, who died when when they were kids, getting the call herself. We, we didn't oh. we didn't really, we didn't really we didn't touch on that. We didn't get into those flashbacks to her twin sister. So that's sort of like, uh, and she felt regret for for her entire life for making her sister answer the phone. Not knowing what was going to happen, but just sort of like egging her on to answer the phone. Well, she so, had beef with her because I guess the dad touched the one girl and not the yes, other. And she couldn't understand yes, why. I don't yes. when they said touch. I don't know if they meant pervert touch or, or or abuse by you know beating her up. They don't say it. They don't need to. Which is saying it, either way, know. it sucks. It well, sucks for her. It's for and sure. so she she held right. animosity towards her. But you know, I don't know if she fully understood the extent of her sister was going to be killed if if she answers this phone. But at the same time, it's almost like. Maybe a brief reunited with her sister. Maybe a ghost ending, <laughs> like the ritual. <laughs> hmm. 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 I, and again, look, I'm 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 talking like I'm confused about this movie, but the only thing that confuses me, and maybe you're not supposed to do it, is really really trying to make the connection between one and two, and 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 tie in the two curses. And they they do a decent enough job. Maybe we're just overthinking it, but I I wish there was a little bit more cohesion between the Mimico curse and the Lili curse. Well, they can do whatever they want, because if you think about it, remember when that one girl gets killed? And let me look at the name, because 
she comes back all twisted later on, almost coming out of a well, like like, like Sadako does. Madoka. Um, Madoka. Okay, Madoka gets all fucking tore up and killed, and then she comes back at the end as a pawn. So it's almost like the evil can do whatever it wants to scare somebody. And it does. Yeah, and, but, but Mimiko died of an asthma attack in part one, and now we're supposed to believe that coal dust was found in her lungs? Like... How did the how did that curse from Taiwan make its way to Japan yeah. in part one? It just doesn't make sense. It, so it, I, they're throwaway lines to make some connection. Yeah. But but there is a disconnect. And again, I think they're just trying to wedge in connections. And I, but I, I I'm not even that confused by it either, other than it's not the cohesion that, that yeah. they probably wanted. And the film melt at the end is, is just a bizarre way to end the film. That's more of a Mike ending. You would expect to see that from from part one. I loved it. I like. I, I was like, that's a cool way to end the film. Even though I couldn't completely explain it, it was creepy. It was cool. I was like, oh, I I, I went hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, oh, and then, and then the music played. I was hooked on that fucking when that when that song played again. I was like, oh, that's badass. I dig it. So I just, I was the target audience apparently because I I fell right into that shit. And again, we had that good sad scene at the end again with, uh, with with the two people, with the boyfriend and the girlfriend, and oh, giving very, themselves very, t- very touching, very touching yeah. moment there. And now you know why the dad answered the phone earlier. That's why the dad took the call. It was, you know what I mean. They, he was trying to protect her, do the right thing. And then the same thing happened again at the end of this. It, it, it ties in. And I also like the, the – they take it a step further. Each one, they kind of play around a little more. But in this one, she sees a video of herself in that thing. And she sees what she did, and then she sees that shit. It's like, what the fuck? Instead of getting a phone call predicting the future, she sees a video of herself predicting the best. But she didn't realize it happened. I thought that was just – they just play around. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's cool, the shit that they do. You know, without having to think too deeply about it, it's just evil doing what evil does. And, and, you know, and in this movie, it doesn't have to be three days. You could take a phone call and it's it's 15 minutes from now you're dead. You know, they played around. Yeah, even in the first one, I think a couple of them were were quicker for maybe a day or so. So I don't think there was ever established a specific timeline. But I like the fact that there's no timeline. It could be the same day. It could be three or four days later. They do that right out of the first, the first one. They, it's three days, and then it's like you're gonna die in fifty six seconds. Yeah. Oh well, was, but yeah, but that was the callback on her. That was after three days, and she got the text that said it, which was pretty cool and creepy. But usually, when somebody got a phone call, it was at least a day. It was time. But it's <laughs> <laughs> like they did in, in, in freaking uh, what do you call it? Sadako versus Kayako. That's what they Gordon. did. They changed it from seven days to three. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't know. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Maybe I probably not. Maybe I definitely should have done this before the show. But the the DVDs I have actually have, uh, I think, director commentary and like making of documentaries. I probably should have watched those. Oh, same with You're me. Right. But I actually had to make copies because I knew I was going to be away for the weekend and not have access to my DVD yeah. player or any DVD player for that matter. So I made copies of the DVDs right away so that I knew that I'd have. The, the version of uh, right on my computer so I could watch it when I was away. And I didn't do the bonus discs because every movie had a bonus disc with it. Filled yeah. with tons yes, of bonus did. features. <laughs> right. I just, we just didn't have the time. We, we decided to watch the movies the second time instead. <laughs> this is good. I don't want to regurgitate a bunch of bonus features, though. This is what it's about right. is, is talking it out. And there are, there are great experiences, all of them. 
Uh, I do rate this one lower than the, the first, but not yeah. significantly lower. I'm at a 7 out of 10. I'm 7.5. Yeah, I'll, uh, I can't quite go 8, but I'll go 7.75. And again, it's due to that, again, the strong character development. The first two films have really, really strong character development. I really like that. And likable, as you mentioned. Very likable. These two have likable characters. I'm yeah. not saying, the th- well, the third one is likable, but there's also a lot of despicable characters. And we're going to get to that next. Yes, we are. Absolutely. One one final thing, that suitcase gag was cool. I like that scene a lot. Yeah. yeah. Very Jewanish, but but okay. but cool. Yeah. They do a so. lot of those things in these movies. They have like the, the suitcase, the... There's cupboard a, the cupboard yeah <laughs> oh yeah and that was cool and one more question going back to the first movie did the mother put the camera there to find out what was going on because remember in, in part one when when you find the discovery and you see uh, you know what uh mimico is, is doing to her sister yeah it's being filmed on a camera no uh, they don't, they don't the... allude to the mother filming it they make it almost seem like the girl was filming it or something like that the oh, girl, girl set that up Oh no! I had I got the impression that the mother set up that camera. Well, maybe you're right. I don't maybe know. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I know right. the remake. They never say the, the remake, remake actually had a, a bit of a better play on it. If you think about it, it, yeah. it was explained pretty simply. That's what those things are for. But yeah, we'll get there. All right, cool. Let's break. Come back, and then we got two more films. So flips. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on, and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right, we have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. All right. <laughs> One Miss Call final from 2006. In this final installment of the One Miss Call trilogy, the timid young Asuka is bullied by her classmates. When they embark on a class field trip to Korea, Asuka plans revenge by sending a disturbing photo with the message, if you transmit this cursed photo to someone else, your life will be spared. The pecking order. <laughs> actually, actually, the message is you won't die if you forward this. I love that. I love I it too. Love you won't die if you forward this. They open it right out of the gate. Another natural progression in yes. the yeah. village. <laughs> so they, they add another bit. And this one is probably the most accessible, meaning that if you were coming into this and you thought the other two were a little too artsy or, 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 or whatnot, this is like the final destination of the series. That's oh, what it yes. boils out with. <laughs> I can't. I actually have written yes. on my notes. 
Final Destination feel. This, I mean, they all have Me a too. certain feel to Final Destination, but this one is is Final Destination. That one kill specifically when the guy's out and you see the bolts unscrew and the thing wraps around his neck and he gets hung. That yeah. Electric, totally. There's electrocution. electrocution. Like, I mean, there's a yeah. lot of death. So if you thought the other one didn't have a big uh, body count, this one does. Yeah. It's fun. It's not nearly as serious. Uh, although they do play it straight. It's well, just, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more fun you know, in a sense. You know what? It, some, a lot more dislikable characters in this one because we're dealing with bullies. We're dealing with, you know, a group of bullies, but we do still have, yeah. And, but we still, we do still have, and we're dealing with high school kids, like you said, teenagers. <laughs> but we do still have strong leads in Amiri and, and the boy who she's meeting up with in Korea. I mean, they're going there on a school trip, but she's, she's kind of made friends through this sort of, uh, is it like a sign language group or conference yeah. they did? Because he's he's deaf in this Jin Wo, and that and that relationship in this is very similar to the relationships we've seen in the first two. Strong and, and caring and nurturing and makes it a makes it a quality film. It's true. My the, the only thing that really fucks it up is that piss poor way they well the CG is, is borderline. I'm I'm not gonna shit on the CG, but. What they do in the third act with, and I'll just, I'll just say this because you guys don't know exactly what I'm saying. Freeze the computer. That yes. whole, it, it, it drops goes to it ridiculous down, levels. It, it, it brings the film down an entire point to me. That's the, idea, the idea is good. The actual breaking down the computer is where it goes off the rails. It's like, completely off because it shouldn't matter. If Mimiko is what she is, or well, whatever it, it, it the ultimately, is, computer it ultimately is not didn't it. matter. It ultimately didn't matter. But I kind of liked the scene because it was sort of like the nation uniting against bullying and evil. <laughs> so ultimately, yeah, well, they, they, there's, there's a message behind the madness here, and yeah. ultimately, the evil force behind it all is still Mimiko, the girl from the last films. She's like Lily. death. She's gone. She's like Lily. death. But Lily's gone. So she's the curse. The curse is still hers. But ultimately, she it's kind of like she's using someone as a marionette through this one, in a sense. Basically, yeah. She's preying on her um, her inner feelings while she's in a coma and t- thinking of the ill will that she had in her, in her head. And she's somehow using that. And, yeah, she's the puppet master. She's orchestrating all this shit. And it's quite cool. It's different. It's different. It has a high body count. I enjoy it. It's just a damn shame that what what they do towards the end is it's 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 shark jumpy to me, and it's I, really unfortunate. I agree. I agree with you. I do agree with you. Uh, again, to get context here. So the girl that that we're focusing on here, uh, well, it's Asuka. As, As, Asuka, yeah, or Asuka. Asuka. Yeah. Asuka. 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 That's uh, the way to pronounce it. Asuka, There's okay. a wrestler. The, 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 a famous wrestler from Japan, and she spells it the same way, A S U K A, and it's it's just Asuka. Asuka. Okay, Asuka. Well, she's the sister of a bully girl <laughs> named Pam or Spam, which is funny because they said they called her Spam, but it was too long, so we called her Pam. Yeah. <laughs> like what? One letter yeah. left. Uh, one letter difference, and D- Dave is too long, so we're now going to call him Dave, but without the E. i was like what the fuck but there's and and this one adds uh so again you get a setup here thinking it's one thing and it becomes something bigger uh and and it's about bullying it's about friendship but i do love 
what they've introduced here with the call forwarding so that you don't yeah. die with the killer seemingly being in front of a computer looking at a class photo and be able to point and click on who she wants to target as a next victim. And it does little... I loved all that. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. They mm-hmm. kept the red candy motif throughout mm-hmm. it as well. So there's a lot of great things uh, there. And that call forwarding of the death ends up really causing mass chaos near the end. And I thought that was another great element to this film where the kids are running in hysterics, almost yeah. it, like almost as a, a killer herd trying to stop them from being next. <laughs> right. And the return of the noise. That's something they took out of the second part with the asthma thing. The well, yeah, because they, we were dealing with Lily at this point. Yeah, so they brought uh, it back. But yeah, part three, back. part threes are usually known to bring it back to the original. I've said it time and time again. They they always try to, you know, they tribute. It seems like they tribute the original more in, in in part threes than they do in part twos. I've always noticed, and but they did it right. Just little things like that, and have Mimico be the the antagonist, but but not really, but more featured where it makes sense. As the it movie progresses, uh, you find yeah. out more. Uh, there's no police yeah. in this one. We keep getting told there's police investigating, but I don't think we actually see many police. Well, until the teachers the very end. and the chaperones are, are talking to the police, but they're sort of like idiots and sort of like the cop in part one. They they just don't believe in the curse at first, and uh, so they're sort of just trying to keep these kids uh, from getting hysterical. They even take the cell phones away at one point. But... <laughs> Typical. That doesn't last. <laughs> no. It doesn't last at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, true. And it's weird. It's weird that they provided them all with cell phones because they're taking this boat trip, so they're on a boat. It's it's a movie that takes place. There's a lot of stuff going on with a boat. You know, not a lot, but it does play into the film. They're taking this boat trip to uh to Korea, and it's the high school class, and they're there. Shit starts freaking. They they start getting text. Uh, the first text comes in. It's it's a girl that's with them that they're friends with. And she's hung. And they're like, wait a minute, that's crazy. That's you from a few days later. Not only now do they get a phone call that's predicting their death, they get they get to hear it, and then they get a picture sent to them after showing them dead, hung, which is a play on, because it looks just like this Pam girl that that hung herself, which the, the, yeah. the, the kids blame themselves because they bullied her, and she hung herself, and now, but she didn't really die. She ended up, you know, they got her in time, so she's in a coma. So it all ends up being about that, about is, is this Pam's curse or is it not? And Well, and the mystery of Pam and Asuka because, yeah. right. you know, Asuka is talking to Pam at the beginning of the movie, but she's talking to an empty chair. Right. So we're not quite sure what the hell's going on. And then we learn more about Asuka's connection to Amiri, how Amiri was originally the that's one being bullied. Right. Yes. Originally being bullied and Asuka stood up for her and then See, they started bullying her. And they all start, and then they started bullying her, and of course, then Mary was too afraid to stand up for her. So it 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 all rings true. I mean, it just this is very believable. It does get a little goofy when everyone starts dying, and you know, then like I'm gonna forward the message to you. Don't forward to me. Everyone's chasing each other. They're screaming. You thought that was goofy? I thought that was very damn realistic. I thought that's how they would act in something like that. Oh, man. But it got, it got, it got really goofy when the kids started vomiting feathers. I was like, Oh, that was great. I was like, he's throwing up a chicken now. (laughs) Something else is going to happen. Well, the pecking order, I get it, but I agree with Brandon. 
I, I, yeah, really? the packing order, the packing order, like that whole thing about you know good. the the weakest chick chicken pecking at the ground because he's got no one to peck on. It was like I get what they were saying, but the chicken feathers and some of the screams and the facial expressions of the kids, the teacher yeah. when he dies in the elevator and he's holding his own heart and it's beating and. There's no hole in his chest whatsoever. Yeah, that was a misstep. Why did they not have the gore on the chest? It, uh, was, it was just blood, but yeah, there was no hole. There's some wackiness. Yeah. But it's a playful film, but I agree. What, at the end, Dave, the, the part that killed me was, oh, that's a cool idea about trying to crash the computer. Oh, I guess. Like, is that going to work? Come on. It wasn't a computer. It was a cell phone network. And then they literally crashed a computer with a bunch of emails saying you could do it we're with you we would support you so there's a cool message behind it but then it literally really yeah. crashes the computer like the computer goes up in smoke and flames i didn't oh, mind that from I a bunch of emails it's impossible yeah. i thought it was impossible ridiculous that. yeah <laughs> that's the only thing impossible about these <laughs> well that's different these people aren't supernatural mimico is doing supernatural things she's an evil spirit she can make somebody cough feathers if she fucking wants this to is what I've me said. and you and christian and every other asshole listening we can't send emails to the same person and blow up their fucking computer I'm not you buying know, what I you're know. selling me. I, I spent disbelief for that. I'm sorry. I do. <laughs> I like the idea. They're high school kids. They really don't have the answer. So they come up with this whole idea. Actually, it's, wasn't it Jin Wo's idea? And it's, you know, his idea for Amiri to, to, to talk to Asuka and to apologize to her and to express the feelings. And, and I like that. I like that whole united front they pr- present to each other. I did, too. My, I, my only knock is freeze the computer and how how the idea came about and how it, it worked or didn't work and how people bought into it and what the result was it just it was well, just sharp jumpy to me. It's it was it, it was silly because obviously even if you destroy this one computer mimico can just go to another computer that's yeah, the curse on. the curse will continue like that's not so it's sort of silly in that point, but I didn't mind the way they showed it. It was it was sort of the goofiest. It was and not sort of. It was definitely the goofiest of the three. But again, what saved it for me and what elevates it to to a higher rating is that Amiri Jinwo connection. Even though it's high school love at this point, and you know, it, it still felt genuine and real. That was, a, that was a great great way to do it, where he saves her. And then, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool too. I mean, I'm actually more into the the Asuka Miri connection and, and what went down there and, and the and the matching uh cell phone rings, the dolphin and the moon and all that shit and let's go to the beach and everything else and their friendship and that's believable because that shit does happen. With yeah, the but beach. she cheated her at the end. She wheeled her up to a fucking boardwalk. There was a Why was she? <laughs> And why was she in a wheelchair? What did I miss? She was she was, uh, she was yeah. in like a coma. Like I think she would had like a mental breakdown. Is what yeah. you're supposed to get the idea of. Oh, that I didn't get losing, that at all. Losing okay. that, seeing her love, essentially get folded up in front of her. That's where you see the cops come. I thought that was really done done well. Where you see the lights in the distance and they're coming up, and he and he sacrificed himself for her, and she's stuck, and he starts getting folded up by the evil, and she's and watching that gets the whole gory, thing. and that gets pretty gory. He's yeah. spitting blood. That's yeah. like the first real and gory scene. Yeah, the crumples and everything. And I thought he was breakdancing. Yeah, that's it. It was, it was breaking <laughs> three. Breaking three, the final. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was oh speaking of gore and shit like that we didn't mention in part one the way the mother looked and her her skin was falling off and her hair that was cool yeah. that was the baddest ass looking villain while well, villain in quotations because at the time she was you didn't know what was going on 
of the entire series. That was cool. You're not used to seeing bloody. You know what I mean? When you see the ghost, they're never bloody and falling apart. It was also cool that I was red. And then the skin fell off, and it made yeah, her like black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was, was she great. was rotting. It was cool, man. I liked how she turned back to the corpse also after like the piece yes. had been made, and she's just all of a sudden it's just she's a she's just a regular corpse now. And yep, yeah, it was good stuff. But anyway, back to three or the final, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Little side notes are never a problem here. I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because no, a lot of times you forget about something so you great didn't realize, that happened. And... You didn't realize that she was like kind of. All distraught from seeing her boyfriend folded and nothing. Come on, she's eighteen years old. Her life's gonna fucking fall apart completely. You'll bounce back. A, you had a wheelchair. one boyfriend folded up. Maybe you'll have a second or third folded up. You'll they find another it. one. They made it to the beach. Come sort on, I, I, I don't. I don't want her to be a victim. At like, that. I hope she doesn't I notice them. there's no fucking sand here. <laughs> the thing, the thing I found confusing with this film a little bit, and again, I, I almost compare it to Takako's story towards the end of part two is Asuka's and Amiri's sort of time and space travel in, in this one because one minute she's in Korea the other one's in Japan and then all of a sudden Amiri is in the classroom back in Japan there is some weirdness at the end yes but it, it's dreamlike because she ultimately wakes up in, in Jinwoo's arms back in Korea so they, they have this sort of like telepathic connection and they're able to like jump time and space but they're still they still ultimately wake up exactly where they were because asuka gets thrown back from the chair and ends up in the school and then she ultimately wakes up on her bed or on the floor near her bed and amiri is in the computer room in korea gets zapped back to the classroom and ultimately wakes up there so it's almost like it's it's like a mental showdown i think yeah i think we're playing within like the in the realm of the evil at that point, almost like they're yeah. able to combine mm-hmm. the worlds and that's where they're able to meet up, have their little uh, powwows. <laughs> exactly. Fight back. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind it. I just feel like some people might take issue with it. Well, it makes no sense. But the other thing, the one thing that really bugged me, Amiri and Jinwo, they met at this, at this conference or whatever, whatever it was, it was something for, for sign language. Because Jinwo's deaf, and they both know sign language. That's how they communicate, because they're from two different countries, obviously. But they talk... At one point, Jinwo says to Amiri, do you remember that violinist we met? And he tells the story of the violinist who refused to, to hear after his girlfriend had gotten the call, and he was unable to save her. And then at the end of the movie, she asked- right before he dies, she asks him, are you that violinist? How could he be that violinist if, well, if she remembers I don't think, meets them? I think I can help you. Okay, I don't me. think I don't think she meant it like literally. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think that only he knew the story that the violinist told him about the girlfriend in the ears because she acted like he was the one always telling the story. So he met somebody whose girlfriend had passed because of this curse, and as a result, you know, he ended up going deaf. The way he explained the story, so I think at the end she was just saying it more figuratively. What? Uh, is it you that you're talking about? Like, like she didn't know for a fact that this person said that to him. You know what I'm saying? Who's to say that she was in on that conversation because he was always telling her the story. She wasn't saying, oh, yeah, we met that violinist and he told us a story about this, this, and this. This is just – he's only referencing a conversation that he supposedly had with this violinist. Yeah. He could have just picked I, I, that I, name I out of a hat. 
I shouldn't even be focusing on on the meeting itself. It's more of the message and how you know poetic and how it ties in great with with the story. Well, it is, and it, it, I just you know what I'm saying he could have picked anybody out. He just he he just grabbed a random person, and he, I think you're able to do that because of the sign language barrier, where she might not have talked to this person whatsoever. So he could just make it up. Oh yeah, this guy was so and so. He told me the story that this happened, and it was his girlfriend. He could have just been talking about himself the entire time, and she would not know. You so know how do saying? how do you interpret it? Do you interpret at the end that Jin Wo had had previously lost a girlfriend, and that he could technically hear, but he chose that he couldn't hear because of the fact that he didn't save a previous girlfriend? Or do you think it, it was actually someone they met? I don't met? know. I I didn't think too hard about it, but I guess it can go either way. Because he seemed to always have in mind that no matter what, he was gonna he was gonna save Amiri, almost as if he was carrying around some sort of demon inside of him that he had to avenge or defeat to make up for a past wrong. Maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been him though. You might because be honest. Way deeper on this movie than I expected. I, I, it. Yeah, Holy I'm shit! Sorry. Where did that come from? I, I got <laughs> I got lost there. Like I'm I'm a little tired now. I think I need a nap. Yeah. Just think about chicken feathers coming out of, out of your mouth and your <laughs> And then you know we're not that deep anymore. He went. Right. He went back to KFC. He's like, "Don't you defeather these fuckers?" I gotta admit though, my dad. My dad watched this one with me. He watched the first one and the third one with me. And when we were watching this one, we were we were laughing. You know, specifically the kids screaming. They're running around. They're in the dryer. You know, it, it got goofy but at the end of it we were like man i really enjoyed that we still really enjoyed it it was it's a it's, it's a, a good fun one trilogy. yeah this is the, the although the time the timing of this is no different than the, the first two meaning it's about an hour and 45 an hour and 50 minutes it's still like i said the most accessible i think a lot of people that might not be into standard j-horror or ghostlies might prefer this one because of the final destination feel and the fun factor however i, I do rate that. it a little lower uh again i think it's just a notch another notch down i gave it a six out of ten but it's fun i still recommend checking it out yeah i give, no, it, I hear you. I give it a seven yeah i'm uh i'm right there i'll go i'll go 7.25 just I, again. Feel, I feel like I'm a little low on this. Maybe a six is a little lower than it should be, but it's a it, it's a solid six. <laughs> solid six. That's what she said, huh? <laughs> it's a solid six, see? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. I think each each film, C's been a little lower, I've been in the middle, and B's been a little higher. Every single film. So I guess that's just the way we feel about the franchise. But... Hey. Who knows what's next? Wow. Oh, my God. Next doesn't really count. It's not really uh, the the Japanese franchise trilogy. Next you know ruined I mean? my childhood. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. It ruined my childhood, even though I was 28 when it came out. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Did you see? Okay, let's go into it, and then, then we can discuss it. Go ahead. Do your thing. Uh, okay, I guess I should pull it up. Or, and, and pull it out. And pull it hey, out. Pull it. Solid six. Hey, uh, yeah. hey I'll, I'll take a solid six. <laughs> I bet you will. All right. <laughs> right, but you have. right in the tush. But he's gay. <laughs> Back in my mountain climbing days. <laughs> One Miss Call 2008. The American remake directed by Eric Vallette. Several people start receiving voicemails from their future selves 
messages which include the date, time, and some of the details of their deaths. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the only uh, message was was probably from these actors phoning in their performances. <laughs> because this movie has some name actors in it. I mean, <laughs> I, we know Ed Burns. We know Shannon Sossaman. I recognize some of the other actors in this. I've seen them in other things. Again, but, good. <laughs> but their performances in this, I, I mean... It was. It, this was dreadful. This film. I don't think it was dreadful. I think their performances were bad, but I think there there uh, there's some things that I liked about the film. And when you hear my rating, it's not good. But I'm just saying I don't think it's as dreadful as, as everybody. This movie is like notoriously ripped on. Like, like people said it was like the worst movie of the 2000s, and it this got is like my first oh, time God. watch for me. And you know what? This is a perfect example of a remake that never needed to be made. This is a cash grab right here. And to be honest, on a $20 million budget, I think it's only... $27 million, I think. Yeah, and oh, only grows shit. like like $40, 45000000 million worldwide. The original was made for $1.7 million. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, well, we we take these films and we butcher culture and, 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 and character development. It was just, ah, I, I hate it. Oh, that's the American so way. I have no problem with that. Uh, and just make it a good remake. Like Dave right. said, there's a movie that could have been remade here that would have been a solid idea. This, all, Dave, I know you, you already alluded that you have a different thought process. I'm more on, with Brandon here. Uh, this is a bland rendition. Uh, it looks good. You could tell there's some high production values. You, you wondered where that $27 million went. It didn't definitely did not go into, and I, I know I'm the one that does this, and I don't care. It definitely didn't go into the CG effects because they were horse <laughs> shit in this movie. They were terrible. Terrible. I agree. Terrible. They took you right out of the film, and they were useless. They didn't help elevate the scares, at least try to make it elevate something. I said that the acting, funny, funny enough, I thought the acting was decent enough, but everything else about this was bland. The script is bland, and yet you're basing it off something that had all this backstory to it. The scares were that calculated style, uh, and I, I said that only like maybe the, the most novice teeny bopper horror fan might find this scary. Terrible. Uh, you know like, what? You know what? I I thought immediately. Okay, what what's one of the main things that stands out from the original trilogy? It, it's the ringtone. And, and what do they do? I, I couldn't even hum the, the ringtone to this one. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember it was fucking awful. It was just basically a regular ring. It was so bad. And I want to know, right from the opening, when I knew this film was garbage, did the cat get a phone call also? Well, wait a second here. Did the first girl miss a call or get a phone call? Because do we ever rang. find that out? Her, yeah, she, was talking on, she was talking on the phone. Then she stops talking on the phone. And then she's talking to a friend on the phone, and then the cat goes, Row! and she's looking for the cat and gets pulled into the, the pond. And she looks like she's living in, I guess they wanted to give a little uh, shout out to Japan, because she looks like she's living in like a Japanese, like, Art right. Deco house or something like that. Uh -huh. And then the cat gets pulled in, and I fucking laughed my, oh my balls off. They literally that's rolled I, off the that's couch. That's when I... That's when I said to myself, I really want to not watch. I don't want to watch this movie. Oh, I wanted to keep watching. I was like, I was laughing, but not if for the, the right reason. If the cat had a little, like, kitty cell phone, a little Hello Kitty cell phone, and he got a call, <laughs> fine. Meow, 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 And, of course, the candy floats up in the water. You're not supposed to eat candy in the pool, people. 45 <laughs> minutes. 
<laughs> I called this the one missed calls. Uh, one missed call meets they live. Because it looked like the only thing missing was the special glasses to see the people. Because oh, otherwise, the people were looking around and they looked like they live aliens all over the fucking yep, place. they did. Awful. Awful. Oh, no. See, no, that was when I... That, I liked the fact that you could tell the cursed people by that little thing with the trails coming off them. It, it gets creepy to the me. The trails? What about the fucking eyeballs coming out of their foreheads and all of them looking like they had no skin? How many parties have you been to where the uh, the hosts of the party are making a gourmet meal and sit down to dinner while there's like 80 people partying in the other room? <laughs> <laughs> how many? How, like, Three. What? And and then, of course, the, their friend comes back, Leanne, and Beth is like, how was the funeral? Did they actually have to write that line of dialogue? How was the funeral? It was great. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> they well, had a clown. Oh <laughs> that's an uncomfortable thing to say but then after she says that she she corrects herself well what kind of question is that but that's i can see a nervous question like that being answered if you are at a at a party and your friend walks in they just came back from a funeral it's just something that people might say i'm not going to pick on them too hard for that but well, we're we're also being assholes about this too but it just didn't feel right when you're you're playing off it. The one thing they got right was an hour and 25 minutes. I like in, out, done. Yet now I'm going to complain about it. So after seeing, oh, this movie could have been a bit shorter, this movie could have been a bit shorter. Overall, I'm talking about not necessarily in the one missed call universe. I just say that a lot that, you know, it's not my attention span is not good. Sometimes movies just drag on too long and you could, it could use some trimming. Like, an, uh, you know, I won't even get into the crudeness. Like, man, like manscaping. Like manscaping. Okay. We'll just do that instead. This but, movie could have been an hour and 25 minutes shorter. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they wedge in the whole TV angle. So what I thought it was great about the writing in the first one oh, just felt so oh. brutal here with uh, the introduction terrible. of the TV host, the, the reality TV, how they wedged it all in. It was, it was mind-numbingly bad. That was the bad part? You don't think that it was the most ridiculous thing you may have ever seen to see a, a, a priest exercising a phone? It was the fucking, <laughs> get this evil out of the cell phone. He actually says, get this evil out of the cell phone. And I was like, yes. what the fuck? My balls rolled back up into me. It was so ridiculous. So Listen, I agree with your complaints about it being bland and the acting not being good and some of the dialogue being bad and shit like like that. And there's some there's a few majorly majorly bad decisions, <laughs> and that is one. That fucking exercising of a phone I, that was I couldn't believe my fucking eyes. Cash was, grab. They they went almost. No, I wouldn't say no, shot no. for shot, a but this is, a, this is a direct rehashing of part one with a slightly different opening and a slightly different ending, both of which are really bad. <laughs> no, but what a cash grab would have been having centipedes. the budget. Yeah, why put the centipedes in it? To make no sense. Terrible. Don't give it a $27 million budget if you want a cash grab. Cut that budget in half then. At the very least, it, it, it's inflated for no reason. So they, I think they were expecting... That money makes me feel like they're expecting that they're going to be doing something well with this. But the addition wow. of the centipedes, who has fucking... I don't care if you're the evil twin versus the good right. one. Who has centipedes in the room and that fucking <laughs> ugly looking <laughs> doll thing that, that's in the kid's room too. I'm like, I would just crush that the second someone gave it to me. What, is that the creepy baby doll? Yeah, or whatever. The, the little clown thing, it's walking a dog or something. I don't know. It's on the, on the, the countertop there. It's horrible. Right beside the centipedes. <laughs> I didn't notice it. Uh, a, a very small right. jar with a lot of centipedes in there, oh. too. Yeah. So Mimico Ridiculous. has 
centipedes pets. So it's therefore, not Mimico. It's Ellie Layton in this one. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so let's just throw centipedes throughout the entire film because she keeps them as pets. Apparently, that was terrible. Okay, all those things were terrible. But here's a few things I liked. That's what I'm saying. This movie, and I've said this many times. Every move, every year, there's a movie that everybody fucking shits on terribly, and I watch it, and I'm like. Okay, it's not a good movie, but it's not a complete piece of shit. The only time I've gone against it, or gone with it, was last year, Rings. I thought that was as bad as everybody was saying it was. Like, I've defended many films that everybody hates. I don't think they're as bad. I think a bandwagon starts. And I'm going to tell you something. The nanny cam thing, to have that bear be a nanny cam, works actually better. It's a better idea than they did in the original. Let's just say, oh, she just put a camera here for the fuck of it. I can see that, except then he pulls out a mini disc <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as, as a, Wait, the media that the media that he was recorded on. I Why thought it was a laser hard disc. Drive? I yeah. thought it was a laser disc signed by Clive Barker. He pulls out a huge Clive Barker signed laser disc out of the, How did this get in here? <laughs> How about Margaret? How about Margaret Cho is the other detective? Yeah, weird, huh? Oh, yeah. My God. And and Detective Andrews obviously he's he's playing the Yamashita character. His sisters died. He found the candy, so he he he's on board with the story. But he even at some point tells his superiors, tells Margaret Cho, we need to get protection for Beth, who's our main our main girl here. And Margaret Cho makes a comment. Well, we can't provide perfect protection from a cell phone. Tell her to call customer service. <laughs> like just laughable, just cringe worthy lines, sapping all the. The joy and and originality of, of the original. Come on. You guys didn't laugh. I, I stopped taking notes after the TV part. I was like, and then I, I realized I wasn't taking any more notes because there's nothing really to write down. But then when she's going through the vent shaft and she <laughs> finds the corpse, the corpse comes alive and they're like caressing one another. It almost looks like they're about to go in for a kiss. Her the corpse. <laughs> and, and she's like, Why? Why? I, again, couldn't contain myself, was by myself and laughing out loud. It wow, was... see, that helped me. That helped me understand the first one because they, they dumbified it for a dumb American like myself. And she <laughs> cried. She shed a tear and said, I'm sorry. And that's when I realized that the mother was not bad. I did not realize that the first time I watched <laughs> One Miss Call Japanese. It took the remake to explain to me the basic plot of the original. Well, that's the only so, good thing about the remake is that it helped you understand the original. Because... That's what I'm saying. It did that. I like the nanny cam thing. I like the fact that when the people are, are touched or, or they're victims, they leave that trail behind them, that, that, that little visual effect. So we know something's coming on. I liked how they did the additional backstory a la like the ring, the American ring it, it, compared to Ringu. How they mm-hmm. did more backstory. They kind of went that route here with some of it, and it, it wasn't too much. It was a little more. It, it got a little more involved, and I was okay with that. That's what I'm saying. It, there was a lot of bad, bad fucking things, but there, it, to me, it just wasn't all bad. That's all I'm saying. There was some things I actually preferred a little bit. That's all I'm saying. And that's okay. And that, I'm, not I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not with you, but that's okay. I mean, I thought it even got funnier at the end, and they had a chance because when Ellie comes a knocking at the door, 
and the door blows and the windows are blowing out. <laughs> like that. No, I liked that. I, I Dave, I'll, I'll, here it is. I like that. Then the door blows open and she looks <laughs> kind of scary for one split second. And then her face, of course, goes all CG. And then she starts twitching and growling like a dog. And I'm like, oh, you just killed what could have been a generally frightening scene and just s- destroyed it with CG. And then you get a hero moment that seems to rip a page right out of Friday the 13th, The New Blood. Another time I'm bringing it up on this episode where a dead relative comes back to save the day. (laughs) Well, that's it. Okay. I don't like the way she was stopped, but I like the noise she made. I liked her appearance and I liked that she made that noise. I just don't like the way she was stopped. And just like I didn't like it in The New Blood, same as you, right? (laughs) But I like that she did that shit though. But... uh, I don't know. Oh, I, thought it it was, was, I, I thought it could have been scary. Sorry, Brandon. I, I thought it could have been scary. I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this will be. And then they killed it right away from me. I think it was a little bit more clear with the mother's ghostly intentions in this yes. one. And, that, and, that's what Dave's, and, and that's what Dave's talking about. Even her showing up at this point to protect Beth and to, to draw her evil daughter back in a way. But... I like Ariel Winter, who played Ellie Layton. I mean, she's she's been on Modern Family since the beginning, and she did she did Excision, and she did another horror movie. I can't remember the name of it, but there's another horror movie she did where uh, she's like shadowing a serial killer, and she was great in that. But in this, I, it it got goofy. I didn't I didn't like when the doors blew open and stuff, and the you know the the spear through the peephole. It just I don't know. It was goofy for me. The spear through the peephole was a a nod to the original. But there was no explanation as to why. But, I mean, that's why they did it. Only, yeah, only the- we know. Because Yumi, we, they talked about it in the original. She has issues with peepholes. And we find out why later on in the film when she saw her grandmother hung and that whole thing with her abuse. And then later on she looks in the peephole and the thing comes out. So that was a little nod to the original that only people like us that have seen the original are going to know. So they, at least they did a few things. Just like in the new It how for no reason Pennywise says beep beep Richie and people are like why why do you say that well it's a little nod to the original it's just what they do yeah but in this one it was real cheesy really bad CGI and it was just... I agree you know what guys I here I may make some enemies here maybe with you two maybe with a lot of listeners I prefer the Ring remake to Ringu and I prefer the Grudge remake as well. And it's directed by the same guy. I thought he made some smarter decisions in his American version because I thought when I watched The Grudge for the first time that they lingered too much on certain things and he kind of learned from that and cut away faster. Now, the reason I say that is because those are two remakes that, in my opinion, worked perfectly. I agree. They're good remakes. And that this one is a perfect example of a kind of a waste. A waste of an opportunity because there is a story to tell here, but I feel like they, they maybe they left a lot on the editing floor. I don't know, but they chopped it down to that magical um, an hour and 25 minutes. That's with a, a, a fairly long credit sequence at the beginning and, you know, final credits. And I feel like it just plays out like a cliff notes version of the original. There's absolutely zero character development. It's hard to believe the movie's yeah. even that long. I mean, one of the victims he's at his ex-girlfriend's, funeral in like jeans and a ripped t-shirt and then he storms off mad because he got a call and he's afraid he's gonna die yet he has no problem backing out into traffic backwards like literally walking backwards into traffic 
even though he's terrified that he's going to die. I mean, it, it was just, I, it was just, uh, it was uninspired in my book. Yeah, it was, I agree. I agree, Brandon. And I can't disagree with you guys at all. I just, I, I just think that there was a couple things about it that I liked. That's all. And look, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give any remake a try. My favorite slasher of all time is a remake. So this is true. I'm not anti remake. I'm not anti remake. Like I'm not anti remake. But you got. But if you're gonna remake it, you gotta remake it. <laughs> Never have those words rang true <laughs> for me. No, it's like you gotta bring something new to the table, or at least up it a little. And in in every case, character development down, special effects down, and even the few things they added. That opening kill just was really, really cheesy and bad. And then the ending, which was. You know, I, I didn't mind the fact that they made Marie's character a little bit more a little bit more clear that she she's actually good and she's actually helping fight against her her daughter. That's fine, but it, it played off a little cheesy that she shows up in her white dress and of course Ellie's wearing a black hoodie and it's like that was, yeah, that was it. I know that they it's, come on. It's I like, know. like you have to be so Blatant, yeah. obvious and yeah. blatant. Yeah, it, it, it was no. I, I it's funny you mentioned that because when I saw it, I'm like, really? That's why I said I'm the evil one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the good one. It, that's it the just, only. That's the only line that was missing. I'm the evil one. Yeah. I'm the good one. <laughs> You're bad, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I thought would have been funny when when the, when the guy put the um another thing that they did in the first one that they they did here the guy put the uh the phone in the aquarium, right? But in this one, they show a close-up of the, fo- of the phone in the aquarium, and I was expecting one of the fish to fucking swim up and press the button. <laughs> that hey, great. that would explain animals being killed in it. Maybe the cat yeah. jumped in there and answered it. Wouldn't it be great after the end credits <laughs> if it just cuts back to the, the, the first house and the cat gets shot back out of the water? Yeah. Just a little capped on ending. <laughs> you know, one of those. And, and only <laughs> oh, one shit. candy popped up out of the pool. Shouldn't two candies or one candy and one frisky or something? <laughs> like, like a little frisky float up. <laughs> a little a little tuna bone or something. Some catnip. <laughs> Speaking uh... of tacked on endings, did you guys know that in uh, in the original Mikay had a fucking different ending where after the scene where she, you know, puts the candy in his mouth and does the smile and the credits roll, fucking, you, they immediately flash to the exorcist, the guy that was there earlier on the TV show, and he has two broken legs that are in cast, and he's sitting there, and he gets a freak, his phone rings, and he looks, and it says something like 15 seconds, and then some fucking something falls on him and kills him, and it's the end of the, end of the movie. <laughs> but they thought it was too hokey, and he, and he took it out. It is hokey, and it's, it, it would it would have worked for me, Kay, but it would have definitely taken away from that surreal, dreamlike ending. You know yeah. what would have been even hokier in that original? If that they defeated the evil, and then the phone just starts ringing, and then the main uh, protagonist walks towards the camera, and then it just goes to black, and the credits roll. Oh, wait, no, that happened in the remake. <laughs> sorry, uh, I, 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 <laughs> so typical, too. Yeah, I was like, you're what? Right. <laughs> you're right. That is so fucking typical. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've actually come down a little bit in my rating. They were clearly they were year. clear they were clearly planning on doing a sequel to this. The well, way they had they it ended set up, wow. looked like in sync yeah. at the end. They, yeah, she barely. Def- it's like evil dead. What? What's this? Evil alive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Starring Bruce Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Campbell is evil dead, evil alive. <laughs> oh, man. Evil dead. Yeah. It was too I didn't realize, <laughs> you didn't realize, I didn't even realize how well that worked. Yeah, yeah he said that. I'm a genius, and I didn't even know it. See? Look at this guy. <laughs> Uh, it was too late. It was too late by the time this film came out, the remake. The the J-horror American remake train had, had come and gone. Like that was four another years? Big... Or, well, no, Ring, Ring was 2002, correct? Yeah. Yes, okay. it was. So six years. Yeah, I guess you're right. It was done by now. It really was. This was the last... It's weird, because it was the last one, the last major one from Japan, and the last major one... Well, not major, because it sucked, but I mean... It was still a remake that came to theaters. You know what I mean? It was, you know, because what else did they do? What else Shutter. was after this? Shudder came the same Phone? year. Uh, I never saw the American Shudder. Probably sucks too. You know, most of the American Asian remakes, with the exception of, like you said, The Ring and uh, the and The Grudge, are, are really, I find, just poorly done and uninspired. I think you're right. I think those the are the I, only two. The I came out the same year. So all the American remakes... Yeah. Came out this, in 2008, and it was the Eye, One Miss Call, and Shudder from of, of those uh, from that batch. And I think I think I think One Miss Call did a great job of establishing its own identity, given the fact that it it came out after these other big ones, and it does have the feel of them. But I felt like it has enough originality that it, it stands on its own as a, as a solid trilogy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you're talking about the original Japanese one. I do have one. I'm other, about the original. Yeah. I, I got to make another comment about the the remake that I wrote a note by. Maybe this is good because it's played against what you would expect, but you don't set up a character that has this line saying, uh, "Where do I have it here?" Uh, when she's like, "Hey, you forgot your phone." They're playing with the conventions of the character trying to cross the road, and you think. Oh, he's going to get nailed by a car. He's going to get nailed by a bus or whatever. They play with it all the way through. So I thought this was good, Dave. I'm actually giving it a compliment here where they play with that. You're going to like, oh, he made it across there. She's like, you forgot your phone. You're like, okay, now he's going to get nailed by a car or a bus or something. (laughs) And he makes it all the way back. And he's like, I swear if I didn't have my head screwed on right. And then he gets killed. But wouldn't it have made more sense if his head got lopped off? Wouldn't that be yeah. like, instead of a, a, a piece of construction gear just get stabbed through him? It's kind of I'm like, what? You missed a golden opportunity. After playing with the convention, you can have that cheesy line and then deliver. And they don't even deliver. Right. Four out of ten. Four? Okay. I was at a five. I bumped it down to 4.5. Yeah. How's that? Three out of ten. Whew. Wow. Here's the lows. And I obviously thought I was being generous with the four, but it's still in the failing zone. And when I get into a failing zone, it's very difficult to di- differentiate like a three, four. You get in that one, two range. You know, you know what you're talking oh, about. You're I'm actually, you know, maybe on a film standpoint, maybe I could say it's a four out of ten. But just the fact that that, you know, this was a, a, a cash grab and, and they they look like there was zero effort put into this for the budget that they had. And I, I really, I like some of these actors. I like a lot of these. Ray Wise, Ray Wise was in it. I mean, they're they're good actors in this, but it just seemed like nobody was committed to this film whatsoever. Yep. And it's just true. it it failed for me on every level, and I just it really it kind of it it upset me. Other than the but, cinematographer, like I said, I thought the film looked good. 
I'm not talking about the effects work. I'm not talking CG. I'm just talking about the actual look of the film. I thought it looked good. Yeah, it should. I think in a 27 okay. million fucking dollar budget, it should look <laughs> amazing. He got 26 and a half of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it did do a few things to me that that I liked. I liked a Ew. little more explanation. <laughs> a little more explanation. I liked. I liked the nanny cam aspect. I, I liked seeing the cursed. With, with with how you could tell that they're creepy looking and the shit like that. I liked the, those little, a few little things. So, yes, it's below average, but I, I didn't hate it. I was expecting, so that's good. At least I didn't, you know, I was expecting to completely hate it because of what I heard, and I didn't hate it. It's not good, but I was still mildly entertained enough. And pretty girls, you know, Megan Good is beautiful. She doesn't last very long. Oh, so yeah, I thought Jessica Elbow was going to be. Either just Brandon. <laughs> Isn't Jessica Elbow in one of these films? The Eye. The Eye. Yeah, The Eye. Yeah, okay. I was hoping this was it because I didn't look. I just went into it. But Yeah, I was I was shocked. I saw Megan Good's name in it. I'm like, okay, she's. I like her. She'll be in it for a little while. Four yeah. seconds later. Couldn't yeah. even leave the Megan Good cat in there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. And I had no clue who Megan Good was. So. Oh. The, the girl at the beginning. Yeah, well, yeah. now, you, based on what you just said, I know now. Can't before... be too sure with you. Go you know ahead, what? Say it. Go ahead, say it. No, I'm Have, I, I'm have fine. I told you I hate you? No, <laughs> I said that at the beginning. I'm over it now. <laughs> Low, I'm at the loathing stage at this point. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I will say, Derek, thanks again for this. It, mm-hmm. I now own the set. I'm going to sell it on eBay. I'm, I'm not at all. I'm actually going to revisit these films and check out the special features. I yeah. dug it. Even if you think my ratings might not be as high as 10 out of 10, Derek, these it was a solid series, man. The first three anyway. Don't know if I'll do the remake again. Because I no. even think my daughter, the one that was in the horror films, did not even like this movie. I'm not surprised. I don't think my daughter would like it much either. So I, I feel you. No, I'll definitely watch these again. There's no question. These are the, again, these are the kind of movies that when you watch the first one, I want. I think I want to watch two and three after. It's just one of those things. Like, like I said recently with uh, Phantasm, you just kind of get sucked into their world and you just yeah. enjoy it, you know. And that's how I feel. And I think any fans of J horror, if you haven't seen this, because I hadn't seen them, you know what I mean. And so, what a good opportunity. So I'm still yeah. recovering yeah. from trying to break down Phantasm Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mentally recovering from that review. <laughs> <laughs> You're the franchise, buddy. It's going good. It is. We've done a lot of franchises so far. Yeah. yeah. It's enjoyable. I'm having a great time. Yep. Me too. And we don't know what we're doing next. Will it be another franchise show? Maybe. <laughs> I think so, actually. <laughs> I think I, I think based on what we have planned out, it's got to be. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think so, and I think it's a particular one because of, uh, well, we'll reveal it on that show. I love a mystery. I think I know what it is. And yeah. It's be big. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So, anyway, you guys have anything else to say? I just want to say thanks, everybody out there. Hope you're enjoying the show. Keep giving us the awesome feedback. Keep giving us any feedback. If you love what we're doing, tell us. If you hate what we're doing, tell us what you like to hear. And uh, yeah, take care. What he said. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for putting us uh, putting us on, subscribing, sharing, <laughs> liking. And all that good stuff. We love you all. Thanks, Jason Lloyd. Thanks, Bo. Thanks, everybody, man. We love you guys. So let's try to be professional. Okay. And that's the end of show number 61. 
Thank you again. Thank you again, Derek B. I'm Dave. I'm Christian. I'm Brandon. See you next time. Yeah.